What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. And today I've got a super special guest for you. Today we've got Amy K. Hutchins. Amy K. is the founder of Ignite Brilliance, the author of the wildly successful book, The Secrets Leaders Keep, and just an all around awesome human being. Amy K. is a speaker, a trainer. She's spoken for some of the most successful and largest companies on the planet. Go to her website, amyk.com, just to see a full list. In today's episode, guys, you're going to learn some easy, practical, and actionable steps that you can take to ignite your inner leader. Now, it doesn't matter if you're leading a household, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you got three kids, you're rocking and rolling, you're the CEO of the house, you're running a small business, or you're in charge of a Fortune 500 company. This episode has something for you. And as you know, part of being Thrive Forever Fit is being an internal and personal leader for your own life. So in this episode, guys, you're going to get some rock star resources. Amy Kay is going to rock your world. She's a special human. I can't wait for you to tune in. Love it. Let's do it. Okay, Amy Kay, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm excited to talk about leadership and what that means to you, what that means to me. And then hopefully you and I can get you into a conversation that leads someone down the path of becoming their own leader. And just before we start, I just want to reemphasize the main purpose of my podcast. The main reason I want you guys to listen is I want to disrupt your current way of thinking. I want to inspire you to think differently. And then I want you to be able to take that information and transform yourself into a new existence or into a new life, whatever that means for you. So Amy Kay, welcome again, and thank you so much. And I love your first tagline. It's be brilliant in business and happy in life. I think a lot of people don't think that's possible. Oh, well, first of all, Jay, thank you for having me. Totally privileged and honored to be here. And it is absolutely possible, but it's the thinking that goes around it. You know, it's the idea that we have a choice. We can choose it. Um, And the world sends us tons of circumstances and facts and how we see it how we perceive it and then act on that is unique to all of us. And I always find it fascinating. The classic is, you know, siblings get together around the holidays and they'll start to reminisce and we all have a different version of what took place. And so it's no different. We can all choose to be brilliant. We can all choose uh, happiness, but we do have to consciously change our thoughts around that. I agree. That's something that I teach and preach nonstop. And it's so funny that you say that we, you know, me, you and seven other people could be in the same event And we will all seven have a different takeaway. And we heard the exact same thing. It's because we get to change. We get to decide what it is that we want to hear and what it is that we want to take away from it. Well, all of us bring our story. We bring our, you know, story euphemism, maybe baggage, but we all bring our prior experiences and our prior um, self-concept to whatever's happening in present day. And so something can happen, you know, computer system crashes, Um, Somebody gets married, somebody gets divorced, somebody has a baby, somebody goes off to college. These are just circumstances, they're facts. But all of us have a thought about it. We have some story that causes us to feel a certain way. And then with those feelings, we go out and we act in a certain way that oftentimes, and I say 99.999% of the time, gets us a result that proves our thought to be true. It's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. I say it all the time. You will get what you're looking for if you look hard enough. Oh, totally. Totally agree. (laughs) Either way, it could be something really beautiful or it could be something really crappy. And isn't it so funny that we have the ability, I was thinking about this, I'm in the process of writing, we're going to talk about, Amy Kay has a really powerful book that we're going to tell you guys about in one second. I'm in the process of writing my second book. Congrats. 
thank you so much. And in the, in the work, I'm, and I'm not a natural born writer. I'm not like the kind of person that locks myself in a cave and I can come out with like, you know, 500 pages. I'm more of like a motivational, you know, um, situational writer where like I get this inspiration and then I just go nuts on it. Um, but what I'm, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the book is the fact that the story that we create can be so overwhelmingly powerful, even if it doesn't have any real truth to it. Like we have an unbelievable ability to take like a small amount of truth and turn it into something like gigantic. Well, I think one of the things that the, first of all, the brain is incredibly sensitive to semantics, to word choice. So how we show up in a conversation, those opening lines, I mean, it's kind of the stereotypical, honey, we need to talk. Well, nobody wants to go to that conversation. So, but when you, when you think about the stories that we're telling ourselves, then it, it creates this sort of, and it sounds woo, woo, but it's not, I'm a science girl it sort of creates this energy. It's, it's the classic, you know, your shoulders come back and you stand up a little taller when somebody tells you, oh, wow, that was really smart of you or that was really, you know, powerful on your part. Like we embody that story. We embody that belief. It's really difficult to um, bend over and be shoulder slumped and smile at the same time. It's like a really hard thing for the body to do. And so I think it's awesome that you're writing about this because it's so important that the stories that we have in our head are filtering everything that's influencing the next story and the next day and the next opportunity and the next challenge or, and I say this seriously, the next failure. Right. Yeah. Thoughts become things and we will turn them into like the, these, like you said, positive or negative either way you've spoken for. So Amy K has spoken for pretty much every company on the planet. Um, if I'm leaving, you know, if I'm leaving anybody out, you let me know, but I'm going to say everybody. <laughs> You're very sweet. There's a lot I would still like to add to the list. Well, and I, and I have no doubt that you will, but let me ask you this question because I think a lot of people think that they're different. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you've spoken in front of like probably some of the most successful business minds You've done retreats where you're doing with like, you know, couples and things of that nature and whatnot. But like everybody always thinks that like their narrative or their story is drastically different. I don't believe it is. And I just like to get your take on it. Like when we're talking about like being leaders, like yeah. some people view it as like, I'm only a leader if I'm like the CEO of like a fortune 500 company. Whereas I would say you're still a leader if you're the, you know, the stay at home mom of, of three little kids. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that one of the things that's really, really important for us to remember is that while we all have our own unique fingerprint and we all have our own unique lane that we quote unquote swim in, as human beings, we have more in common than we have differences. And I think that some of the things that we have in common are these, these secrets that we keep because we don't want to let people know that life is hard and that leadership is hard and life is messy and quirky and leadership is messy and quirky. And I think that when we talk about how hard it is, then we realize, okay, we do have things that are more in common with one another than differences. And I think that it's really, really important for us to stop for a second and realize that leaders in, in a corporate boardroom setting or at home with um, small teenagers or, uh, uh, I mean, small children or teenagers, that's all leadership. Leadership is about understanding how people operate and how to get them compelled around a vision and move them forward to their maximum potential to achieve a goal. And that can be helping your kid grow up into a healthy functioning adult or helping your team knock some huge big goal out of the park. 
Right. And I agree with you 1 million percent. And I think people get, when you were speaking there, I was, I was thinking about like, it's really easy to be a leader when things are great. Right. But that's when true leadership needs to show up is when things aren't going as they should be. And I think that's probably what you do a really good job of in your, in your presentations is like getting people to understand, like you, you talk, we talked a little bit in the pre-call about critical thinking. Yes. And I think that's one of the massive components that needs to be discussed when it comes to leadership. And I think that goes across the, the board, whether you're talking about that mom again, or whether you're talking about, you know, somebody who's in charge of thousands of employees. Well, so every single one of us is struggling to be a better problem solver, a better communicator, a better decision maker, a better collaborator. And in order to become better in all of those things, again, no matter what environment you're playing in, that requires thinking. And I think a lot of what we've been taught has been to, you know, memorize information, memorize routines. We get stuck in habits. A lot of them are bad habits. And so the really, um, I think the most brilliant leaders in the world stop and do high quality thinking. They reflect, they evaluate, and they predict. And it isn't that they look backward to get stuck in the past, but they reflect on, okay, what did I learn from that? You know, what, what, what do I want to carry forward? What do I want to let go? How do I build on the good stuff? How do I let go of the stuff that's not working for me? And then they evaluate the current environment and resources and cash and personnel and talent and just what's ever available to them. And, and again, in any environment, and then they put plans together. And then they go forward and they say, okay, how might we best execute this plan? And, and I think that one of the things that's really important is that in all of that is self-awareness. And I really do believe that this is, and I know you preach this too, this is to me like the number one differentiator between a leader and a brilliant leader. And that is that you understand your own strengths and weaknesses. You understand your own triggers. And you then use that to play better. I agree. I, you know, as you were talking, I was writing down the words like um, self-awareness, like before you, before you got to it. And I also wrote self-auditing. I think like being able to audit yourself like in, you know, your own personal, like you, you were talking about, like, whenever you're talking about like they, what they do is they take the information. What did I do? What can I do better with it? I call that self auditing. And I think the better we get at that, it will help us in all areas of our lives. And like just human to human connection and human to human um, communication, if we get really good at self auditing. And then for a lot of my listeners, they're going to be people who are really striving to like, you know, get their wellness in check, get their health in check, lose weight, get more fit. I think this scenario plays into that as well. And can you, could you just give me like a little more details on how, like we talked a little about it in the pre-call and I wish I would have had a play, you know, done when you said it, but like someone who is trying to lose weight, someone who's trying to get more fit, like how would this fall in play for them? So it's the way I, the way I look at it. And this is just my, my perspective is that life is actually happening one conversation at a time. And that can be a conversation with another human being or it can be a conversation with yourself. And I think that when we look at whether it be losing weight or um, eating um, a more nutritious diet, what we have to do is realize is that we do it one conversation at a time. And what's interesting is we look at it as one meal at a time, but I'm like, no, 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 back up to the story before that meal takes place. What are the thoughts in your head? And so a lot of times when, when we eat or we sit down or we shove something or we don't go to the gym, it's because the conversation in our head is not under our control. 
It's some story that we're caught up in. But the, 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 the cool thing is, is it's like you're not your story. You're bigger than your story. So it's kind of like if you can rise above and be the watcher of your story, which we can all do, we can see the, the habits and the, the ruts that we're stuck in. So I noticed a habit, and this is, what, this is like coming full circle in your whole self-auditing. I noticed a habit um, that when I work from home, and this, is, this was a couple years ago, that whenever something got creatively challenging, I'd go down to the refrigerator. And it was like, and even though I had healthy snacks in the fridge, it was, there was a connection in my mind that when I got stuck or when I came up against resistance, I found myself in front of the refrigerator. And as soon as I caught that pattern, it was like, oh, so I need to change my story. Uh, this is hard. I need to comfort myself with food to this is hard. I need to comfort myself with a different conversation in my head that you can figure this out. Or you can go for a walk and get your creative mojo back. Or you can go down and, and ramp up, but you can't eat. Eat, eat was the lazy way out. It was the lazy story. And so it's no different. I joke about this too. So many of us, we get so geared up about like losing weight that we'll buy all this new workout gear and we get so excited and we get dressed and then like we hop on the scale, like what happened? I lost five pounds. I, I invested in all this fitness gear and I look so cute. Like where's the, why isn't the weight going? And because the conversation in our head is that like that was supposed to do it. And it's like, no, that's the prep. Like that's the training. That's the due diligence. But it's again, it's, it's taking it one conversation at a time and not getting overwhelmed by this massive goal. Right. Well, one of the things I wrote down that, that I got from, from your website and from your, your, um, your stuff is you, you say change your thinking, change your behaviors, change your results. Yes. This is going right along with what you're saying right now. Like you could just say, you could add change the conversation in there. And that's the same thing as change your thinking because that's going to, you know, it's going to initiate yeah. that thought process. So. I think that's beautiful. Did you take any, um, like, did you have some kind of pattern interrupt that got you to stop doing that? Or was it just as simple for you as having that conversation with yourself? Well, no, I think you have to have that conversation multiple times. Now, hopefully in the same voice. But right. I think that one of the things that we're also hard on ourselves about is, is we want the instant fix. And to me, it goes back to self-awareness. First, you have to catch yourself. It, it, it's sort of like, um, I speak for a living. And so one of the things that I'll notice, like it, it's a bugaboo of mine, but every now and then my brain will get caught on a word or a phrase. Awesome. And so I'll be giving a presentation and for some reason my brain is hooked on a word and I'll say it five or six times in a row, or I'll say a phrase five or six times. And, or unfortunately, sometimes it's a phrase that I'll pick up and like on day three, I'm like, why is this in my brain? Like, why am I saying this? So the first step is awareness. The first step doesn't mean I'm going to actually stop saying it. The first step is that I catch myself. Then the second step is, oh, I hear it. Ooh, okay, I caught it again. And then the next phase is, ooh, okay, I caught it before it came out of my mouth. And then the brain will let it go. But I think it's having patience with ourselves that there is no magic wand instant fix. It's a process. And the process just starts with awareness. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, that's, it's exactly the, you know, how I would teach that or coach that. A uh, funny story about getting that word in your head. So I was speaking on stage. I have, my whole thing is like, I'm going to record this. It's going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be perfect. There's 300 people in the room. It's going to be it was awesome. So I do all that. I record it. It's on my birthday. Like, everything's supposed to be perfect, Amy Kay. I watch the recording back, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I said the word right so many times. 
that I was, I was, I literally wanted to kill myself. Oh, but, Jay, you're human. <laughs> but you don't even, you're not even really aware that no, you're, you're doing not. some of these things. But, but to your point, what I did is I became a really hyper aware of that because, you know, I got to watch myself back and it was, it was like having that conversation over and over and over again with myself, but I was able to break that pattern. I was able to break that habit by just getting involved in the process, realizing I'm human. After I got over the devastation of like, Oh, why did I do that? It was, you know, it was a good learning lesson that, you know, you can break yourself from those tiny little habits, no different than you going to the refrigerator or. Absolutely. And the one thing that I get, give yourself grace, and I think this is really important for people to understand, set some type of expectation. So I typically go, I'm not sure why, maybe it's just the week, that habit, but I tend to go with the seven days. So I, lo I love to look out and say, okay, what I, so here's a, here's a great example. Um, what I eat on Sunday will not be reflected in my body until seven days out. So if I have a really, let's just say, um, healthy day on Sunday, then what I say is, okay, that's a start, but it isn't until next Sunday that a week of eating healthy is gonna show up and I'm gonna feel that energy boost. I'm, but I need to commit to that for seven days. Or it's no different if, let's say, I have um, a really horrific day on Sunday and like I, I'm overeating and it's junk food and I'm, I'm mainly more concerned about the junk that I'm putting in my body than the actual amount because I think it's the junk that drains our energy. So, but let's just say it's one of those days. You're going, you're going to parties and all that. What I find fascinating is that on Monday, I don't look any different. I don't really feel a whole lot different. But by the following week, if I keep that pattern up, that's when you start to feel it. And so whether it's positive or negative, we don't really see the ramifications of what we're doing for, for a, a part of time. And the reason that I say that is there's a positive way to look at this. I'm going to start to make better choices today, but I need to give myself time to adjust to all of that, to give people around me to adjust to that, to give the energy of the universe a chance to adjust to that and realize, oh, she's serious. And so what we often do is we'll have a really healthy day. We'll go to the gym, we'll eat really clean food. And then we, we hop on the scale the next day and we want instant results. It's like, no, keep that up. Don't weigh yourself every day. And then seven days out, you'll probably notice a massive difference. Agreed. A hundred percent. I think that, and that's so true with every facet of life. Like any Correct. new thing you're trying to implement. I think that that grace period or that, that period that you're talking about is, is so vital, even for, you know, for me, like the next time I spoke, I probably still used the word right. I just didn't use it as much. And then I can, and then I kind of weaned myself off of it. And now I, you know, I don't use it anymore. I don't, you know, I don't get stuck in that, that pattern anymore. But it if I would have gone on stage the very next day, the likelihood that I was probably going to say it was probably pretty good because it was stuck in my brain. Well, and it takes time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one of the things too, that I think is really important for us to realize is that, you know, our reactions, our reactions do not define us our responses do. And so we're allowed to react. We're allowed to be like, oh, that's embarrassing or oh, that's frustrating or oh, that makes me angry. That's human. Humans have emotional reactions. Right. But then to step back and say, well, then what do I do with this? How do I choose my own words? How do I choose my own acts? Our responses define us. And so you said, oh, I saw that. I was a little bit embarrassed, normal human, but yeah. all right. Then you chose to change your behavior and you're moving in a positive and better direction. And the fact that you are putting that effort toward being a better you, that defines you. Right. Agreed 1 million percent. We have, I, I could talk to you for three hours. Um, <laughs> I love this stuff. 
I know, me too. So I love the fact that you have the same philosophy on leadership as I do, that we're all, we're all leaders in some facet of our life and we all have the ability, the capability, and we probably all should be leaders. You know what I mean? I think the world's going to be a better place the more we lead, because especially if we're leading ourselves. Um, inside of your book, so you have a book. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Why did you write, why did you write the book? Give us a little bit of the, the stuff about it and, and, and then give me some like, what, never mind, I'll ask a question in a second. I don't want to lead you too far. No, that's okay. So the book, the, book, the book came from having written another book just prior to it that when I finished that first manuscript, uh, and I'm just being really transparent, I thought the book stunk. And it wasn't that the content was bad. It was just sort of like I'd, I'd taken my PowerPoints and I took my deck and I flipped them into, you know, prose. And it was sort of like, you know, the 10 steps to being an awesome leader. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just one of those really honest moments of nobody needs this. There are a thousand one books on how to be a better leader. And so I burned it. I literally threw it into a fire pit, watched it go up in flames. And then I came back with a much better question. How might I actually be more helpful? How might I do something that's um, going to serve others and also be more fun and creative for me? And that's kind of where synergy comes together. You know, I was jazzed and I knew it was going to be really helpful and significant. And so I ended up writing 14 short stories to discuss the secrets that leaders keep. And I did it in this really creative way where I took 28 years of working with leaders and I turned them into amalgamation. So while all the characters are truly made up and creative, the things that they're experiencing are patterns that I saw in thousands and thousands of leaders. And so these are the things that keep us up at three o'clock in the morning. These are the things that make our stomach churn and, and our palms sweat. And these are the things that cause us anxiety. And so in the book, I talk about the imposter syndrome and the comparison condition and self-criticism fixation and how we have to leave our hood. And these are the things that, like we said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, we have more in common than we have differences. And we share so many of the same secrets that ironically, they shouldn't be so secret. You know what I loved about everything you just said? I mean, the book, the, your new book is amazing. Everything's cool about it. But I love the fact that you created something and then you didn't like it and you didn't let that define you. And you basically said, I don't like this. This is crap. And you burned it. But instead of just stopping there, you like, you did what most people don't do. And that's, you went and created something that you do love. Like most of us, when we hit that adversity, like we get that, like, well, I just did, I put all the, cause writing a book's not easy. I don't care if you just flipped your deck and put it into word. I mean, there was no, a, it's, no, it was a labor of love. Still the first one, but I'll tell you the second one was a lot harder, yeah. but also strangely enough, a lot more fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling with the second one more than I struggle with the first one too, because I have, you know, it's, I just have, it's just a different perspective. I can't describe it. We can I'm talk excited. all day. Yeah, it's <laughs> super fun, but I love that. Like, I love the fact that you did all that. And then said, so, you know what? this isn't up to my standards and I'm going to make something that I'm really, really proud of. And that's the, that's one of the messages that I want people listening to, to come away with is like, yes, you might get down a path and, and what you've created or what you've gotten to might not be where you want to go. And that's totally okay. Like the most, that happens to the most successful people in the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, and that's just part of the path, full stop, part right. of the path. When you, guys, when you guys go to Amy Kay's website, um, and I'm, we're going to give you all the details and the URLs and everything, and you see every company that she's spoken for, if she can, like, I'm just going to use the word fail. I don't think it was a failure by any means, but I think people will resonate with that. If she can fail and not like something that she did and still be as successful in doing everything that she is that she's doing, then so can all of us. 
Preach you know, it. Because yeah. it's so true. We all, and, and I think that just because I, um, I really come, and I mean this sincerely, I really come from a place of, we get up every day to play better. Otherwise, there's no reason to get up. I mean, like if we have it all figured out, if we're done learning, well, then what's the point of tomorrow? So to me, it's like every day is a chance to get it a little bit more right, get it uh, a little bit better, uh, play a little bit more brilliant, um, help somebody else in the world and serve. And so some days we, we do stuff and we're not, it's not our best self. And that happens. But again, it's not staying there. Right. It's kind of that self-reflective, you know, I wasn't my best self yesterday. Or even just owning I wasn't my best self in that conversation. And, then, and even saying, okay, I need to hit the reset button. Or I owe somebody an apology because we can't be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But we can absolutely try to play better. I, I, I can't believe I've never heard of you or talked to you before. I love you. I like, I love everything yeah. you talk about. I, I love um, what I do. I really yeah, do. I mean, you are so right in line with everything that I teach and preach and talk about on a daily basis. We, I, I glazed over this at the beginning, but the, how Amy Kay and I got connected was one of my clients, Mary Beth, was at a retreat and Amy Kay was the speaker and Mary Beth got so excited and she loved Amy Kay and she was texting me saying, Jay, you're going to love her. And she went up and told Amy about me. And so I'm like, I'm going to reach out to this lady. She sounds amazing. And so <laughs> thank you for making this connection because you were 1 million percent right. Like you are, you know, you're the perfect person to have to talk to my audience because I mean, your feelings and philosophies and style and everything is right in line with, with what I believe. And so thank you for just being awesome. That's, I don't know why it's, it's kind of weird to say that in the middle of a podcast, but no, that's very, very sweet of you. And I also want to remind everybody that's listening, though, is that we all have awesome days. And then we all have days where we're a little less awesome. And that's also very human. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just sharing the fact that there, there are ways that we can all choose to play better. And that doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. You know, a lot, a lot of times um, I look around and one of my questions is, what am I missing? Like, what, what am I not getting or, or how, how do I be a better self tomorrow? Um, and I think that some of that from, from a permission of grace, though, too, is I think that sometimes the overachievers and the go-getters, we're so hard on ourselves. And, and that's partly that's an advantage, you know, because it pushes us forward and we, and we become successful. But sometimes we're so hard that we forget that it's like, okay, we're human. And so what I used to do was like power through and I'd like grind it out. And then now I'm, I'm coming to realize that there are some days where I just need to cocoon and that's not selfish. It actually serves the world better for me to empty my bucket, refuel, like fire myself back up. And that's because Jay, I sincerely believe that time is not a fundamental currency of high performers. I think time has nothing to do with that. I think it's all about energy. I, agree. I think energy separates really incredible performers from everybody else. And when I'm drained, I don't actually go out and serve well. When I'm drained, you know, I'm a little more cranky. I'm a little bit more critical. I'm a little bit more snarky. And it's like, oh, that's just because I'm not thinking. That's because I'm in bad habits of reacting. And so I have to fuel up. And that's, that's normal, too. And I think we need to give ourselves grace for that. I agree. I am probably... My significant other, Lori, was, when she met me, she's like, I've never met anybody who was as hard on themselves as you are. Like I'm harder on myself than anybody else could ever be. And so I agree with what you're saying is like, sometimes I just have to allow myself to disconnect as opposed to just continuing to push and power through the, the, the struggle. And so I think that's a good, a good point for all of us is, you know, we need to be, we need to be a little nicer to ourselves. 
We do. And you know what's so fascinating is, is we treat everybody nicer than we treat ourselves. Oh, I, I, I mean, say it all the time. If, if, if you treated people the way you treat yourself, like they wouldn't have anything to do with you. Well, they, I joke it too. Would you have any followers? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, but we are on that. And that is, that is something that really and truly type A overachievers, we suffer from that. It's, it's a self-criticism fixation. Um, and it is just learning to give yourself a little bit of grace. And you know, people are like, well, is there, is there like a fix for that? Like, is there a pill you can take for that? No, it's actually changing your story, changing your thinking and just coming back to, and it's not even like, oh, you're okay. Or, oh, you're not perfect. Cause we don't believe that, right? Yeah. We're like, you have to strive, you have to be better. So for me and other people will find their own words, but for me, it was like, okay, Amy K, give yourself a little grace, yeah. give yourself a little grace. And that doesn't mean that you get to behave egregiously. And it doesn't right. necessarily mean that you're slacking. It's changing your story to say, no, this is a day of refuel, or I owe somebody an apology, or I need to go back and hit the reset button. So here's a really great example. I'm speaking yesterday. I'm doing a six hour think tank. I'm time zone jacked. I've been on the road for a week. I'm loving what I'm doing. But in the middle of it, and literally in the middle of this presentation, this woman asked me a question and I react. I don't respond. And I go, no, that won't work. And I'm like, oh my God, you're teaching EQ. You're teaching EQ and you just told this woman, no, that won't work. And so it's so funny. We went on break, we came back and I said, there's over 60 leaders in the room. And I, and I said to them, I need to model. I need to practice what I'm preaching. And so I had this woman stand up and I said, I owe you an apology. I said, I needed to be more curious. I needed to lean into that. I needed to ask you, what are your thoughts behind that? Instead of just saying no, I said, I need to do, I just need to ask. And we all started laughing because we're human. And here's the cool thing. I had two people come up to me and say, I actually have more respect for you because you actually caught something and you were willing to do it in front of 60 people and prove to everybody that this is hard and that you don't have to have it all figured out and you don't learn it. And so it's not like one and done. And I think that meant the most to me. I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I really wasn't. I was not trying. I was just like, oh my God, I'm not even practicing what I preach. And then two people come up after me and they're like, I actually have more respect for you for not doing it right and owning your shit and then actually apologizing to her. I was like, yeah, that's life. That's so life, but most people wouldn't have done that. So absolutely kudos to you. I just got well, goosebumps. No, it's not about that. It's really, it's not, about, I'm sharing it because this is hard. Leadership yeah. is hard. And, and, and it wasn't like, and here's the thing. It wasn't like I was mean. Right. I just wasn't EQ. I wasn't, I, I wasn't accepting. I wasn't curious. I just shut her down and I didn't, and I did it like in an offhand way, but I realized that's what we have to own. Yeah. We have to own that sometimes we're going 90 miles an hour and we just need to go back and hit the reset button. And it's no different when somebody comes home from work and the very first thing that we talk about is something negative yeah. or we send a text and we haven't talked to somebody all day and it's a negative. It says like, no, 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 just catch yourself. Because yeah. it's all happening one conversation at a time. And when you catch yourself, it's okay, like you did, to say, listen, I was wrong. Yeah, oh, totally. And, and I, wish totally. I, would have, I wish I would have done this differently. Um, and I think people will respect you. That was my point. It's like, I think the level of respect, that, and you obviously got it there too, but I, I guarantee that even the people that didn't say it to you were like, damn, like, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, that's what, most people, that's what most people think is what you did was even hard. Like to say, I'm wrong. And I, want, I want everybody to hear that because- it is going to be hard sometimes to say you're wrong, but it's always the right thing to do. And I bet, um, I won't say, but how did you feel after you were able to say, listen, I'm sorry, like that sucked. I wish I hadn't have done that. I felt connected. Totally. And, that's, and that's something that I think that um, 
is really important for leaders to remember that if one of us is after power or if our motives are about power, things are going to go awry and they're going to go wrong really, really quickly. But when we seek to connect in a conversation, so that's really, when I was done, she was laughing and I was laughing and, and we were, and we ended up, I'm like, I'm making too big a deal out of it, but we ended up like joking about it. And what was so cool about this, Jay, was that in the process of apologizing and recognizing it, we were able to connect woman to woman where she ended up coming up to, to me afterward. And we had this great dialogue about all kinds of other stuff yeah. because she felt heard. Yep. She felt understood. She felt respected. And all of that is connectivity, which has nothing to do with power. Totally. On the flip side, I mean, you, I'm sure you can probably guess, how would you have felt if you hadn't have done that? Like if you would have just said, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to address it. Like, how do you think you would have felt today? Um, I, I would have felt probably, and this is just my personality, yeah. but I would have been really kind of disappointed in myself that I hadn't stepped up. Yeah. I would probably be feeling like, God, you're not even practicing what you preach. You need to be more at that. I would have been, I would have been critical. I would yeah. have had that. But, and this is so we're not sounding hypocritical. We are allowed to be self-critical and learn. Yeah. We just can't continue to beat ourselves up. Yeah. So I would have come home and I would have been like, man, what did I learn from that? Like I learned, I should have owned it and I should have owned it sooner. Yeah. And there are lessons in that too. Totally. totally. But I love the fact that I did own it and I did address yeah. it. And so I get to come home feeling like, you know what? That's absolutely validating that when we misstep or we make a mistake, we just have to deal with it before it festers. Unbelievable. Absolutely. I could not agree more. What is one I'm just going to shift gears a tad bit. Like, so I, I keep looking at my, at my notes and I, I want to talk about like, you have a thing called the 12 skill sets that separate good leaders from the rest. Yeah. So, and that's a free tool. Like yeah. you can go to our website and get that free tool. I love that because it's like this great self-awareness audit that you're like, okay, I have some stuff I need to work on, but that's also fun because then you're like, oh, now I have a plan. So everybody's going to go download that for free. It's, it's super easy. We're going to give you the website before we get off the, the, the call and everything what's your favorite in that? I mean, I know they're probably, you don't have to have a favorite, but like if you had to go to one, like right now, like out of the 12, like what would you say? Like, Jay, this is like the one that I love right now. Um, probably relationships that you're, okay. that you're actually connecting, that, that you're, you're working on that interpersonal, but there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I, I, that, that assessment could like keep you busy for three years. <laughs> oh, wow. Very yeah, cool. it's, it's, there's a lot in it. I mean, there's 12, categories and then there's like all these subset skills and you're like dang there's a lot but that to me is exciting it's like so yeah. if you look at it it's about innovation it's about community it's about causes it's about critical thinking it, it's about um team dynamics i mean there's a lot in there i love that you said relationships and then like you even moved like into the connection piece so every year i don't do like i don't do new year's resolutions i pick like a word of the year Okay. Use that particular word to like drive yeah. me in all the things that I, that I'm doing and going to do. And so last year, 2017, my word of the year was connection. And when you focus on connection, oh my gosh, is it so powerful? Like, and so I, I and when I, when I say I pick a word, like I don't just pick a willy nilly word. Like it almost, like I write it in my journal every day. Like it's like driving our conversations. It's everything. But so when I, for 2017, like every interaction I had was so powerful and I've even carried it into this year because now I like set this intention before I like have a conversation with anybody about like, I'm going to truly connect with this person on the deeper level. 
Well, I think that, that we all need that. So like I have, um, I have core desires that I focus everything around on. Um, I, I used to do the word theme. Um, and and it's, it's whatever's working for you in the moment. Like I like, I mean, after doing something for a few years, you, you shake it up, you shift it around. But what's, what's um, similar, the thread for both of us is that we have a focus area. Right. And we have something that grounds us, anchors us, keeps us moored to a very certain direction about how we want to play the game. And I think that's important for anybody, whether it's, it's a word, whether it's a phrase, whether it's a goal, whether it's a core desire, whether it's a feeling that you want to have, whatever it is, to just keep that top of mind as a focus, it actually is extraordinarily powerful in keeping you grounded. I could not agree more. I think that's super powerful. We're going to slowly try, we're going to slowly wrap up because I don't want to do want to um, captivate your whole day with this, um, with this podcast. But before we go, tell everybody, and I've got a couple more questions for you. So we're not, we're not wrapping up here guys. So tell everybody how we can find you. So how can we get the book? How can we download those 12 skill sets? And then like on social media, like where are you found and what do you like? Okay, so it's super easy. Our website is amyk, four letters, A-M-Y-K dot com. You can go there on our homepage. Um, we have tons of videos. We have blogs that you can read. We've got free tools that you can download. Download. You can join our community. So the 12 skill sets is going to be right there on the homepage. And then we have, I'm so excited. I'm crazy passionate about this. We have an online program called How to Be a Natural Leader. Because ironically, being a natural leader does not happen naturally. Right, I was about to say that. <laughs> so we have an online program. We launch again in a few weeks. And so you can go to amyk.com forward slash BNL for be a natural leader. So just three more letters, BNL. Um, and there's a really cool program and I'm in it. So it's not an evergreen course. It's, it's live. I'm teaching live. I do Q and a live every week. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff about managing sideways, managing up, managing yourself, but it is a deep dive into our personal and professional success. And I, and when I say deep dive, I mean everything from a board meeting to uh, text messages with your spouse or significant other. Oh, wow. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And I love it. I'm like crazy passionate about it because I know it works. Like I don't, I don't just have like, oh, everybody likes it. It's like, no, I actually, I, I have real students who've gone through it with real tangible, measurable results, both in um, profitable, scalable businesses and better relationships. Super cool. Um, I mean, they're going to go find all these details, but how long is the course? Uh, it's four weeks. Four weeks. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. Four weeks. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to put all this in the show notes too, guys. You don't have to worry about it. if you're driving, please just keep driving and um, we'll get you the data um, in the show notes after this is uh, after you, after you finish listening. So before we go, so I wrote, I loved on your website, you have, you know, you have your, all your professional stuff and all that jazz, but you also have some fun facts about Amy K. Okay. So I'm just going to need a, I want a little more elaboration on a few of these. Okay? All right. All right, cool. So you hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim three times. I have. Why? Why three times? I mean, I get, I get once, but why three times? So the first time was with a group of people and it was just like this fun thing to do. And we had such a good time and you have such a high naturally. You have such a high from accomplishing it. And we just had such good peer friendships in that group that when the guy who's done it, by the way, I think he's done it 17 times, maybe even more than that, who leads it. He just kept inviting us back. And so we just kept doing it. And then sort of like at the third time, it was like, yeah, I'm ready for something different. But again, it was just this incredible high. And, and you have to train and get in shape. And then you kind of like, you just, and, and of course there's a margarita at the end, which is also incentivizing. So it's all good. 
Now, the, the people are going to think you're like some kind of adrenaline junkie because the next one's kind of like right in the same vein. So, so you <laughs> broke your nose boogie boarding at the Bonsai Pipeline off the North Shore. In a, what are you doing? What's going on? Uh, that was just stupidity. Okay. So that was, they had just had a storm and the waves were like, oh, the waves are big, but you don't really have, or I don't have the ability to spatially see just how big they are. But aren't they and, known for big waves? Oh, oh yeah. They're, they're, okay. I mean, it was, it, was, it was actually just, I wasn't thinking, you know, okay. again, not practicing what I preach. But we went out, we had an incredible time. And then I caught a wave where the pullback of the current was just so fast that the, um, the board came up and hit me smack dab in the nose. Um, and so, and then, you know, like I, I do stuff, um, it's just life. I mean, I like, you know, you, you try stuff. I'm a big adventurer. So I've been like in Costa Rica and jumped into a river a little t at the wrong angle and like dislocated. My, I mean, it's like stuff happens, but, but I do like to have a good time. Absolutely. Amy Kate, what is the one thing, like just, just give us your one philosophy about, it can be about leadership. It can be about success. It can be about just, so my big thing is like living thrive forever fit. And so I think to be forever fit, like it's not just about like your body. It's about everything. It's about like your relationships, your body, your spirituality, your money, your job, your work, everything. Like what's the, what's the one thing that you think of when I think about like being forever fit? Like what's something that you could a takeaway that you could give that people could actually tangibly use that would move them a little closer to, to, to that aspect? You know, there's a lot of stuff I, I could share. I mean, we could, again, we could talk for two or three more hours, but I'm going to leave you with something very practical because I think sometimes when we get off of these podcasts, there's so much theory and there's so much like existential thought that people just are, we're craving right now in this 90 mile an hour noisy world. Like, just give me one thing I can go do. And I think the one thing that you can go do is, is every single time that you walk into a conversation before you say words, before you take any action, I want you to remember that there's only two things that you can do. You can hurt or you can help. That's it. The words that are going to come out of your mouth are either going to hurt or they're going to help. And you have a decision about which way you're going to go down. And that to me is a very practical thing. So sometimes when I've got the most difficult um, conversations with a client, or I've got the most difficult conversations at a personal level. It doesn't mean that they're negative. It just means that they're difficult and, and they're tough. And the world is full of difficult and tough conversations. I will literally put cards in front of me. One says hurt, one says help. And it's just a constant visual reminder to say, okay, before you speak this, and it, you know, how is it going to, how's it going to land? And it doesn't mean that you can't say sometimes things that are hard for people to hear, but it's again, the tone and the tenor and the intent and the actual word choice I'm being conscious about helping and not reacting and accidentally hurting. That's amazing. That's super. I, I just wrote the word powerful down across the top of my page because I think that it's practical, but it's also powerful. I mean, that, right, that, that right by itself is a game changer. It is for me. It, mm -hmm. it is for me. And if people find that that works for them, then that's great. Um, and, and there are so many tools out there. And, and that's why I think part of the reason that I love what I do is that I share so many tools because some are going to work for some people and some are going to work better for others. And yeah. we need to be able to own that power in choosing what works for us and finding our own voice as well. Totally. I love that. Thank you so much for today. I mean, I yeah, think this has been for me. awesome for, and it's been awesome for me. So I know that, you know, everybody listening is going to get some massive value and some massive takeaways. Are you on social media at all? I am. So you can follow me on Instagram, Amy K. Hutchins. Last name gets thrown in there as well. You can follow me on Facebook, Amy K. Hutchins. Again, last name gets thrown in there. Same thing with LinkedIn. Okay.
Beautiful. Well, Amy, thank you so much for today. And I appreciate you. I value you. This is unbelievable. Like now I want to dig in even deeper and, and talk to you more and get to know you even more. So thank you for taking the time today. And we really, really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Jay. Stay brilliant. All right. Thanks. Bye.